Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 257. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sanitsky. Hello. Hi. Jana, hi. Hello. I have some important Well then lay it on us before we Um, get to anything else. Ryan put it in the second podcast, but I think it needs to come out today. James May was involved in a car accident. What did he do? Um, I'm not sure, but the comments on the Facebook post are... I was going to have this be in the second episode... But never but mind. I think, I think it's on it screen now, so we yeah. have to cover it. Um, <laughs> or at least it will be shortly once the internet yeah, catches so up. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I have to um, read the comments because I, I think it needs to. People need to know that James May is hurt. I don't know how hurt he is. He's in the um, hospital. He's in the hospital. Well, that means he's alive then, right? Yes. Yeah. That's good. Um, and good news. My my favorite comment is upon arrival at the scene, the medics <laughs> bought bundled Hammond into the ambulance out of habit. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, watch James May been in the passenger seat and Hammond was driving. <laughs> um, I think you spelled Hammond wrong. <laughs> yep. I mean, let's be honest. Of the people on the Grand Tour slash Top Gear, they get hurt. 100% of them are Hammond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's a lot of comments being like, oh, he must have not been hurt that bad. He couldn't be going that fast. Like... Dalangsema, the slow one. There is a gif of a station wagon driving through a garage door, and it said, "It's footage." Footage of the incident, (laughs) and it's like a car inching through a garage door. It's an old man driving through his own garage door. (laughs) So, if if you can go on the Grand Touring page and just read the Facebook page and go through the comments, I did not link the Facebook. Read the article but the comments on facebook are i did not so link good. the facebook so because yeah. you sent me the article not the facebook oh. post so, so james may rammed his station wagon through his own garage door yep more yep. to follow yep. yeah that's basically it okay we uh, wish him a speedy recovery patreon.com forward slash carbitrage anyway. head on over to this fancy old web page and you'll find two open-ended levels of support starting at a dollar fifty a month to support content producers like us actually just us with things like hosting costs and beer, head on over to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. I actually became a patron of somebody else for the very first time. Who? Ryan Laley. He does, Who is that? He does Unreal Engine uh, tutorials. That's kind of neat. And he's very, very good at it. Well, it and sounds like it's Ultimate Challenge related, so a, that's it good. Was a, a dollar, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dollar a month, and I'm like, I spend at least four hours every weeknight watching his tutorials so, so what you're yeah. saying is i need to reduce our base level to one dollar i think so i will put that on my notes yeah because i that's the thing is i did a dollar and like that's it i just wanted to support him like because i was like you know what i spend a lot of time with this person i may have a base level he's a base level dollar i'm like yeah twelve dollars a year that that's i feel good about that i can swing that that will not impact my life in any way okay i put yep. it in my calendar for this coming monday to make it a dollar. I will Perfect. make the level that people are starting at, which means if you are a dollar fifty patron, you can update it to go to a dollar if you'd like. Yes, or just keep giving us a dollar fifty. That would be preferred. Yes. Anyway, hopping on to beer. Uh, it's just trash. I'm drinking a silver bullet. I drinking McDonald's iced coffee. How is it? It's they're, fine. They're, I've actually heard their coffee's they're alright. Yeah. Pretty good. It's I was like. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> you can't get any. This dairy is free. new. <laughs> You can't get it dairy free, so I will be regretting it later. But it's it's ninety nine cents, so I won't be home, so it won't that, be my problem. <laughs> Don't worry, Lucifer will help you. 
Yeah, he Meow. he likes the Thanks, rugs in the bathroom. I knew he was a fan of the bathroom already. Yeah, but yeah. He he's just he's a good boy. Um, Mr. Lucy, I was like going photos. to get some not shit beer for you, and then we ended up sitting in every single drive-through yep. trying to get her coffee. That's right. We went to every drive-through coffee place between my house and here. I went to five of them, and all of them had ridiculous lines until we ended up at McDonald's. Yeah, I. Uh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. I do get the egg McMuffin meal with just the regular black coffee sometimes, and it's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. Some people prefer McDonald's coffee. I wouldn't go that far. I actually like Burger King's coffee quite a bit. Yeah, I think if I'm going to get a $1 coffee, McDonald's does a pretty good job. Like The, the $1 price point is a good place for McDonald's. I'm just not offended by any of that. Like There's there's bad coffee. Like Somebody's got a Mr. Coffee and Folgers. I'm not drinking that shit. Yeah. Nope. But McDonald's is, and it They're has fine. to be, just fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's better than gas station coffee. It is. And I've had really hit or miss luck with that. If you get one that's yeah. got the fancy like push-button machine, usually it's grinding it and trying to hit a temperature range, so it's okay. But then if you start mixing it up with additives, you don't know how long those have been sitting there and what temperature, so... Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a black coffee guy, but... Me too. Anyway. Anyway, let's get into the first topic, which is Volkswagen. Uh, of course. Do you remember, okay. let me paint a picture for you, roughly 14 years ago when the 2.0 TSI engine came out and Audi Volkswagen Group fitted the incorrect size pistons to these yes. engines uh, where they... the oil consumption was a massive issue and they said that there was no problem and then quietly started fixing all of them. Uh. Well, good news. They have a new TSI uh, coming now, which is a ground-up engine. When they themselves have made claims in the next five years, 70% of the vehicles they sell yeah. will be electric. That's, you went there. This makes sense. Because um, they're totally selling this for the United States and for, like, second world countries. And, like, this will be, like, your attainable, like, gasser engine. It'll I be think, the last gasser. I th yeah, I think you're right. Like, this, in, bless you, this in various states of tune will be, like, the last, bless you, oh, gas-powered engine that they make. But I want to know the whole, like, I read the article on this, which is rare for me, and it sounds like the, the, the upshot of this engine versus the one it's replacing, which is the 1.4 twin-charged engine and yeah. the earlier 1.5 TSI, yeah. is this one goes to a head-a-fold, and they move the cat, like, three inches closer to the actual exhaust valves, which lets them use cheaper materials. But I still want to know, when somebody cuts the cat off of this, which will happen, how is that going to sound when it's running on two cylinders? Because in addition to being Badly. a turbocharged four-cylinder, this has displacement on demand or whatever. Oh, so most of the time, this just runs on two cylinders and 750cc. It's going to sound truly terrible. This is always going to sound terrible forever so let's for any reason. speculate right now. What is the first catastrophic widespread mechanical issue that this engine will have? DOD. Yep. I don't know how they're Carbon doing it. Up. There's going <laughs> to... Carbon buildup, it's going to fuck up the whole DOD system. You know it's going to shut off the valves, it, it, right? It's yeah, going to so. have a plastic gear. Yep. And it's not going to be able to deal with the carbon. <laughs> There'll be some carbon buildup on the valve. Yep. And it, it, it'll strip the gear. And it will be stuck in two-cylinder mode. So yep. you'll have a 750cc turbocharged. But don't worry, it will still boost like it's a four-cylinder. Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. you'll have just two dead cylinders. Oh, yeah. It'll shitload of melt boost. the rings. It'll yeah. foul the cat. Yep. Uh, Which I, is stolen. I did want to say with the... Uh, um, the piston ring issue in the early uh, TSI's, the yeah. FSI uh, engine. Just uh, the TSI. Well, FSI's had this problem too, actually. I was only aware of the balance shaft and. Oh, FSI's have other issues, but like, well, I know they have other ones. Usually, the cam eating the head alive will yeah. happen before you run into the piston ring issue, but the piston ring issue does exist. Interesting. And you can actually get an engine oil flush, and that fixes the problem. 
and it keeps you from having to go to Volkswagen because a lot of them Volkswagen won't even service anymore, and they'll have you pay full boat. So nice. We found out that you could just do, uh, well, you do like, I think it's like you have to do like two or three of them. But if you do like two or three like back to back engine flushes, like you just spend like a ton of money doing like you spend like. Five hundred dollars doing oil changes, basically, in like one day. It's got to be more but carbon issues than right. But right? sticker ring. You don't. You don't use the hose. No, you don't use the hose to flush it with water. No, no, it's only for Sienna's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, you um, <laughs> when you do the engine flushes, it yeah, it, it actually that does free them up and it makes them work. And then you, and then like after that, it's kind of like a whole process. So basically, you do like, you do like, two or three flushes like at once, like in one day. Like mm-hmm. you do flush, oil change, flush, oil change. And then you have them drive for, like, a half of an oil change interval. So, okay. like, 10,000 miles. <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah, I'm kidding. No. Jesus, well, no. no you, you, have, you have them drive, like, a, I, I usually would say come back after a tank of gas. Give me a call. I'll put you on the, on the schedule. We'll make it work. Okay. Um, and you, you do, uh, you do an additional one. And that usually takes care of it. Gotcha. And it goes from being, like, a quart every 1,000 miles to, like, maybe a half a quart every oil change. So, on the... FSIs, is it just a sticking ring from, like, carbon from yep. the DI stuff? It's the same thing with the TSIs as well. Well, the TSIs actually had two smaller pistons in them, too. So in addition to that... Yes, but... It was only, like, for, like, a year and a half, but... But the piston rings were a consistent issue on them, and that was actually... It made, uh, it made the sure, same... It made a significant it, it, it would also, since it doesn't have a ring that's connectedly, or correctly, like, balancing everything, yeah. it would also cause piston slap as well. So you have all these weird issues, and it's all from that weird... Gotta love Audi Volkswagen Group four-cylinder engines after the 1.8T. And I love how like yep. they figured this out, and they're like, yeah, they tell this to other customers. Yet most of them would go, I'm gonna go on a cross-country camping trip. Yeah. And oh, it's just like the people with the, the 2.5 liter vans. And then yeah. be like, mm-hmm. oh. We told you so. Yeah, sorry yet you're broken down the Black Hills. Right. I'm like, hey, it won't start because the cat's plugged because it's burning so much oil. Like, yeah, you didn't do our recommendation. No, it's like, it would, it's not even that. It's like, hey, we just put in a brand new engine for you. Um, what we need you to do is don't drive it on the highway. Drive it in the city normally. Yeah. In the city for 500 miles and bring it back so we can do an oil change. And then they just don't do that. And they immediately go on a road trip with it. Great. And then they give us a call 5,000 miles later. Why is my engine knocking? <laughs> uh, now gonna, they're selling it. I'm going to fax you a copy of the agreement you signed when we yep. did this engine for you. Sorry, lady. <laughs> um, you are up a boat. So speaking of brands blowing up engines, mm-hmm. uh, Volkswagen's really good at this, but I they really... Are. I, I, uh, I can't let anybody off about this, because Toyota... Um, this is actually more of a super problem, because Toyota oh. did not design this engine. Right. This is an but, FB20, right? Yes. Or 24? This 24. is the new engine, yeah. On the new uh, FRS BRZs, mm-hmm. or I guess 86 BRZ. Um, GTBZ 86Z yeah, that RS. Uh, they apparently have an engine where uh, their engines blow up. And so this guy was drifting, had a, like a video or a photo of his car being drifted. Mm-hmm. Engine blew up. Toyota denied the warranty at first. And then he's like, doesn't matter what I was doing. This blew up because there was a chunk of RTV that was blocking the oil galley that goes to the crankshaft great it seized like this is the whole engine seized up well, because of a chunk that's of that's a pretty important bearing and yeah so after um <laughs> after this guy like went public with everything and made a big loud stink publicly now toyota is finally saying okay 
even if you do take your car around a track day, if it blows up and it's something that was our manufacturing fault, now we're going to take care of it. But, like... Modern were, engines don't really have much for gaskets anymore. Almost no, everything it's is all just RTV. RTV. Yeah. And so Toyota made, like, a huge stink about it. But they Come did, on, Toyota. They we did, like you. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, but they did come around. Well, good. Thankfully. But, but the thing is, it what the issue was, is it was one shitty employee... Like at the like top of dealership before it got to corporate. Yeah. And as soon as he made a big enough stink, where because the service manager said the engine was abused, and so he was. There's like, photos dealing, of this car. Yeah. It looks stock. Yeah. Doesn't well, matter what you're doing to a car yeah, if so it's stock. The the service manager said it was abused. And I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah, it was being used to attract it. However, that's not why it blew up. Like also, it blew up because of Toyota. It's and an so, enthusiast car. Yes. And so this is the thing. Uh, the GR Yaris, even if you take it to track days, they still have, they will always honor the warranty. Yeah. Cause it's designed for that. Exactly. It's literally <laughs> what it's designed for. And so when this was brought up, yeah. the dealership manager was still being a dickhead about it. So he went to corporate cause you can just get the corporate's phone number. Like, because it's, it's Toyota. not that hard right. to get the number. You can just, you can go Toyota corporate sales office in your house. It'll give you a, a phone number to call. <laughs> And then, Easier than American Airlines. Yeah, it's very easy to call Toyota. Um, and so this guy calls up Toyota. Toyota goes to the, to the service manager, tells him tells him to promptly fuck off, and then uh, they take care of him. And well, now he's getting his engine taken care of. And um, shame on this dealership for sucking. And uh, this is just another example of the American dealership model being out of touch and not working for anyone. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that they exist is because they have a very strong lobby. That's why very few car people actually work in car sales. Like, I don't know people that work in car sales that genuinely like cars. No, they're all widget salesmen. It's, yeah, it's difficult to find somebody at any dealership that if you state, like, a chassis code or an engine code, even for a current product, they that they'll no know idea. what you're talking about. I knew two people yeah. when I worked at Subaru. One was a, actually a rally driver, and his whole his whole things he only sold SDIs. Was it Tommy Pastrami? No, um, Scott Putnam. Oh, um, and then uh, another guy came from Grimspeed, and those are the only two people. And the guy from Grimspeed is like, he's just said he made more money selling cars than he did working at Grimspeed. So that well, that's fair. Yeah, that's entirely I mean, fair. Put in hours at a dealership, you do make money. What's up with all these people driving their? Ugh. That's, that, a very that's the truck. worst sounding 2UZ I've ever heard. That's just a bad sounding engine. Anyway, so I'm glad to know that Subaru, with their constantly developing uh, engine manufacturing rolling assembly line changes, has started over-specking the amount of RTV in the, uh, in the FP24. Oh, it's not leak. Not that we know of. But I'm sure they sweat porously through the block <laughs> like Land Rover. <laughs> Loose sand casting? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, did I ever did I tell you the story about the uh, the Outback I sold and we dealer traded it? It came to the dealership smoking. Mm, no, actually, I don't think so. Oh, this lady was a whole nightmare. She wasted a week of my time. This is like actually what what made me like just give up on selling cars before I quit. Okay. Um, 
I was working this lady for a week, and I finally got her to like agree on a car. We found the perfect car. It was like a, it was a oh, black Outback Limited four cylinder, like very whatever car, but she needed this exact spec with a with a remote start that was ins- installed by the dealer, not by or by the factory, not by us. I assume they offer a remote start. Yeah, from the dealer, but okay. it's very rare to get them from the factory. And this one happened to have been or- been specced with a remote start from the factory. Um, and so she just wanted this exact car, and the car it was at bloomington subaru so they drove it from bloomington to us it gets our lot and it's smoking it's like totally overheated like completely blown the hell up and we go we don't know what happened i'm so sorry we will get this fixed immediately and we're gonna get this car to you obviously she doesn't want to sign on it that day so we fix it and there was a giant plug of sand Inside the crossover pipe from the left cylinder head to the right one, and caused the engine to overheat and like totally blew the head, like warped both cylinder heads. Anyway, she um, continued to say, she, instead of just telling me no, she wasn't interested, she's like, Oh, yes, I will come by tomorrow for like over a week. I had to be nice about this, and so like both of my days off, I had to come in because of this bitch. Great. Yeah, because she was too nice to just say, no, I'm not interested. Stop minnesota me. Yeah, and then after a while, she goes, oh, I bought another car. And at, the, at which point, I'm like, I came in on both of my days off and had to work. Instead of having a time off because of you. And, and I we know up. how much you don't like and, waking yeah, up on it, weekends. Yeah, no, I, I hung up on her after that. I didn't even say bye. I just hung up on her. I was just <laughs> furious. And that, that's why I, I, like, gave up on selling cars. Like, she was just the end of me wanting at all to do anything with car sales. I'm like, fuck that. But, yeah, there's a reason uh, sales or car enthusiasts don't work at dealerships because it just drains the life out of you. Well, especially when you can't anticipate for, like, one-off snafus like that. And I'm not saying that was necessarily one-off. I mean, that I'm, is it a was, fluke, It was but... a one-off, but still, it's just, like... Subaru, like, what the fuck? Like, if it's just, not that issue, it'll be a different issue. Subaru is just a barely a functioning company. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. <laughs> there are yeah. a lot of things you can apply that saying to, and almost none of them are the actual marketing terms that they went with originally. Uh, speaking of traffic driving by, uh, CT200H, the Lexus hatchback. That's the Jeff Bezos far. lookalike. That's his daily. Oh, yeah. okay. It, yeah, I One, saw it. It was very nice. Okay. Anyway, he does. He does like that vehicle. Next. All right. Moving on to other things that don't relate at all to that topic, so I have no segue. The G99, which is a, just a relevant baloney chassis code, but the newest M5, okay. the one with the still really unreliable engine, but the actual automatic transmission. Plus, speaking of unreliable engines, that was your segue that you missed. Fine. Uh, <laughs> I do have a story about that, but um, it's coming to the U.S. In That's a, cool. in, a, in a wagon. Not even just the M5, which we've had for four years now. It's actually kind of long in the tooth. But yeah. And the photo on the web page is an E61 M5. That was the last one they made. But they won't give us the M3 Touring, which it's got the grill grill, so who cares? But yeah, I don't want that. Manual M3 uh, with an aftermarket bumper. But the M5 actually still looks okay. Yeah, all right, so one second. Pause. Manual M3 with aftermarket bumper. You're still buying it with the big dumb bumper, which shows them that you're willing to buy it with the big dumb bumper. You're right. I would never, yeah, ever buy that no, car. I'd rather have the it. automatic M5 that looks better. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I'm not going to buy one. The V8 is still really bad. They still have tons of turbocharger and valve guide issues. Mm-hmm. I was at the dealership Motorworks yesterday. Hmm. getting the boss's 2021 x5m its initial break-in service 6200 miles late because nobody bothered to tell me about it 
And I got in there and I actually talked to the one service advisor that had a pulse and he knew engine codes, so I knew he was reputable. And I asked him if they've made any improvements since 2008 when they actually came out with the N63 and the S63. He's like, not really, no. I'm like, do they still have valve guide issues? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, okay. You don't want that. But he did say, like, they really don't do timing chain issues anymore. That's all the four cylinder. I'm like, ooh, great. Anyway. Great. They gave me a new 840i X-Drive loaner, which was weird. It had like a Swarovski crystal shifter in it that looked like a butt plug. Oh, it was very strange. Oh, my. Yeah, I didn't want to shift it at all. I mean, you know me and automatics to begin with, and that was like, I extra. I'm just like, okay. Very <laughs> daintily. I will say, that car had the B58 straight six. That is an excellent engine. It is so much better than that V8. It's a great engine. This is the thing. I've developed a disdain for BMW engines. Yeah, but the six-cylinders are good. No, it's, just, it's six-cylinders that did this for me, actually. Well, it's too bad. They're good, though. It's the M30, and the reason the why... The big six. Big six. The big six. This is why I hate them. <laughs> because it's the M30, B34, and the M30, B35, and they're different engines, and it's one letter away and doesn't tell you what's different about them. I hate that. <laughs> because everything's arbitrary with these stupid names. Because uh -huh. is it a three-liter? No, it's not. Nope. Nope, it's not a three-liter. What does B mean? I don't know. It's like the B50 and the V8. And what's with the 34 or the 35? Is it a 3.4 liter or 3.5 liter cylinder head or something? Have you noticed how on the intake it shows 3.4-3.5 yeah. in the casting? Mm -hmm. Like, that's how non-committal you were, BMW. Yeah. Thank you. So this is why I hate this. I'm going to go through two different in companies that have alphanumerical engine designations and why I like them. Okay. So the first one that gets best points is Honda. Okay. Because you know exactly what... Let's say... An L15A. Do you know what that is? Uh, it's a four-cylinder inline 1.5-liter engine. I don't know what the A means, but it is a head designation. It's the orig original. It's the original designation of what that engine would be. Okay. So when Honda puts an A at the end of it, that means it's the first production version. So L15 is L series 1.5-liter A. So it's the original 1.5. So then you put the L15B would be the engine that's in that's a dual fred cam version oh i didn't know the first ones were single overhead cam. yes that's what was in the fit hmm. um and they're interchangeable because the heads so, are i guess the whole engine probably yeah is, you but. just put in a different timing chain <laughs> just different guides and right. just, no. but anyway um <laughs> thanks Honda. b20 b second generation b20 two liter the crv engine Exactly. B20A is the original version that was in the Prelude. It's completely different. Um, <laughs> but B18C. Yeah. So you know that that's B18A and B18B were non VTEC. C is VTEC. Okay. Because that's so, a third generation head. I have a question. It so makes sense. K20A, and then they go to Z. Why that? Because the Z. Or I guess is, they did Cs as well. They, they did do other ones, but the Zs, I believe, is when they went to. That's a catafold. The, yeah, the catafold, yeah. That's when they had the manifold in the head. It's just put it at the very end because okay. it's completely different. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so you can't possibly mix it up. Toyota's Brilliant. also really good. Brilliant. And that was to be my second example was Toyota. Because Toyota, you have the Jay-Z factory, or family, where you have, okay, this is a Jay-Z inline six. Cool. One Jay-Z. All right, that's going to be the original. Two Jay-Z. That's the second one. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the, at the end, you have, uh, like, two Jay-Z GTE, mm -hmm. which means... Uh, Turbocharged, fuel injected. I think G is dual burn can. One of those means Yamaha. Yeah, would that be? I think that'd G. be the G. Yeah, yeah. G's Yamaha head. But um, 
every single thing in the Toyota name mm-hmm. makes sense, and mm-hmm. there's a reason for it. Every letter means something. Yes. And you can cross-reference. BMW, it's like a VIN. Yeah. BMW just is just alphanumerical nonsense. Mercedes is worse than BMW. Yes, and they're terrible, too. And that's why I hate writing them at work. What is this M119 6.3? Well, it's a 6.2. Yeah. Well, the only thing that makes sense on Mercedes is at least... Or 156, have, I mean. With Mercedes, they'll always give you an O to tell you if it's diesel. True. Yeah, OM versus M. Yeah. Yeah, they'll give you that. But like But like you remember the like the turn of the noughties when they were dealing with like the six hundreds that were five point eights? Yeah. Just like, what is your They still do that. What's your deal? Oh, it's getting worse now with force induction, yeah. No, even with the uh with their displacements that they say are just different. Yeah. Cause they'll so if you look at a VIN decoder yeah. for a like six three V eight, yeah, they'll say it's a six two. Because it is a six two. Because right. if you Google what the actual displacement is, mm-hmm. six two oh eight. It, yeah, it's six point two. Like just uh, it's like one cc over per cylinder. Yeah, yeah. per yeah. per like six two. So it's effectively a six two. And so Germany classifies a six two, but its market is a six three in the United States. I remember the uh, X one six five, the GL four fifty, which is a four point seven liter V eight. Yeah, just like I can't even keep it. We we had one for like five years, and I have no idea what the displacement of that engine yeah. was because it's just like it's almost impossible information to find. And uh, another brand that I uh, gets uh, put on my shit list for bad naming conventions is also GM. Uh, hmm. yeah, you're right. The LT1 they've brought back. Well, not twice. Only that. Just the LS has been three different engines. Well, the LS. Even in vanilla form, which makes some sense, kind of. But most LS engines are LM, LQ, LZ. But the term LS originally came out oh, in the 50s. Oh, it was a big 50s. block. Wasn't no, it, it came out in the 50s. Really? Yeah. I thought it was a big block. Nope, they had a 50s oh LS. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't also, recycle engine names. Also, the small black Chevy, the modern small black Chevy, is yeah. actually, I believe, a small black Oldsmobile originally. Really? Like, I think the three. Five was original was a, was an Oldsmobile cylinder head or something, or that the three hundred five I think that was an Oldsmobile cylinder head, but like it's just a bunch of nonsense. Huh. I I mean I trust you on that one. I know very little about them other than the first gen small block having no accessory mounting holes. Yeah, they're they're dumb. There's just everything's dumb. Like, uh, so I, I appreciate <laughs> their engines. Like the not small block Chevy, I appreciate a lot as an engine, but I will never ever give them credit for naming. Like, also, the nail head was never used in their terminology. It was called... Oh, Buick's really bad about this. So is Volkswagen. You, do you know what a Wildcat 445 is? What displacement's that? Oh, God. If it's not 445 cubic inches, which nope. I know it isn't from it's your not, setup. It's not, because that's the pound-feet of torque. Oh, my God. That's a 401 cubic inch nail head. Also previously c- called the Fireball. Wow. <laughs> but don't worry, the fireball was also briefly used as the terminology for their inline eight. Oh my god! <laughs> like just, well, just don't even name your engine like Volkswagen. Like the, the engines just don't have names. They hey, kind of hey, do. Hey, those engine names are freaking cool because they have the blue flame. Well, and the fireball. I'm not saying they're not cool names. I'm the saying that they are confusing. Objectively, a cool name, <laughs> but they're terrible. Uh, honestly, I think that's probably. Like, Ford does a way better job than GM in that sense, because they haven't oh, yeah. recycled names. Yeah, no, they, at least Ford doesn't recycle names. No, GM does oh all the time. God. That's, yeah. They'll even give the same thing different names between brands. I was trying to find some random factoid that I had 
known about but forgotten on the LT5. Yeah. And when you and I say LT5, we know what engine we're talking yes, about. Yes, it's a C4 ZR1. Yeah. yeah. I Googled it. Nothing on the first two pages referenced the C4. It was all the new godforsaken mm-hmm. C8 engine. I'm like, you yeah, stop it's it. the exact same naming designation. Oh. Yeah. That's like BMW's next 330, 340, whatever, had an M30 B30 in it. I'd be like, just yeah, stop it. Yeah, it's just it's nonsense. It's absolutely just made-up nonsense. Ugh, but yeah, go, one more thing making fun of GM about the stupid. That's fine. Um, we can keep going on Pontiac this whole day. Pontiac had the tri-power, um, the triple two-barrel carburetor mm-hmm. setup. Cadillac had the same thing Okay. a few years earlier. And What did they call it? And Pontiac, to be fair, it was the exact same design as Pontiac because it was developed like in conjunction with Pontiac's tri-power okay and for Cadillac they called it the triple dual barrel carburetor the triple dual that's a worse name yeah it's the exact same thing as a tri-power though triple dual Triple Great. dual. Talk barrel. about things that roll off the tongue poorly. It's so bad. I, I'm like, I, I had to like look up like old 1950s Cadillac marketing information oh. to make sure that like the wool was being pulled over my eyes. And <laughs> nope, they literally wrote all of that. It took up one whole line in every ad. Please tell me it was cast into the intake manifold somehow. No, too. I wasn't. Oh. That would make it too easy. Triple dual powered by Cadillac in conjunction by Oldsmobile. So bad. I hate it. <laughs> but ugh. anyway, let's move on to the things that are good. Sounds um, good. There's a new, actually BAT has a bunch of new model pages because they add them like every other week now. Oh, what is a model page? Uh, you know, like when you click on a thing, it says here's like the E30 M3 model oh, page. Oh, so yeah. you can track like values on exactly. a specific car. Okay. They added one for my favorite Lamborghini, the Yarama. And, um... Oh, my God. I'm looking at prices of Yaramas. There's one. Yeah, they they don't show the ones that went Oh, okay. Because we've only had a couple. Well, like, that's also (laughs) a substantial number of Yaramas that have been sold. There are two. That's a a substantial number of Yaramas that have been marketed, like, (laughs) in recent years. Bid to, bid to, bid to sold. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm looking at the bid to ones, and those are, like, that's honestly a solid price for those. And I think, like, 80 grand is about where a driver-quality Yarama is worth like that that's like totally a 80 grand car that's a great color but oh my i that actually love that vehicle 70s af I just actually, a trapezoid on it, wheels it's a it is a 12 cylinder rear wheel drive manual only hot hatch that's cool that's cool i didn't know it was a 12 cylinder that's cool yeah um yeah, they're freaking cool so this succeeded the 3500 gt they were uh, offered like, this was their GT car when the Countach came out, originally. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's got the neck and ducts. I see the styling. Yeah. So, this is the thing. 80 grand. Ooh, it's an S. Nice. Would you take a driver quality Yorama that's, like, developing more excitement around it that's going to be appreciating, or would you take an E30 at, like, top value? Well, it would be an M3 at that point. Yeah, that's what I mean. And we're talking E30, a M3. really nice one. So, yeah. I think I would take this over E30 M3 for 80 grand. I don't like 70s cars, so I'm, I'm and I'm biased. I have an M3. So yeah, you no, even you, ask you me. do. You do have an M3, but this is my thing: is you didn't buy your M3 at eighty thousand dollars. I think at eighty thousand dollars, which one of these would you rather own? I wouldn't buy either of these. This has an auto, three-speed automatic. Most of them were manual. That's what you said it was manual only. I thought they were until I saw this one. Well, that's lame. Let me see if I can find a manual one. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't like poo-poo anyone getting this, but I think if I was going to get a, 
um, like a non-mainstream older Lamborghini. The red one was manual. I would get a Yurak. A Yurak. You know, uh, uh, yeah, the V8 one, the yeah. three three liter V8 or whatever. The I red would, one. I, so. I would want this because you have the twelve cylinder sound. Because it sounds like a Countach. The the V12 is actually a good engine. and The V8 was shit. Yeah. But but I like the styling of the Yurako more. Mm. Yeah, you're right. This one's a stick, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, I think I would take this Fire over speed. over that because I like the idea of it being effectively, on paper, a reasonable vehicle. It's I, a five seater hatchback. I would like, rather have a Pantera. Uh, I don't want a Pantera because then Pantera is gonna. First off, you have to deal with Pantera owners, which are effectively just like oh, a bunch of guy Fieri. It, no, it's like a, guy, a bunch of guy Fieri lookalikes. Oh, um, just like Pontiacs. Yeah, like Pontiac owners. It's the same person. Spicy Pontiac. I would take this because you have like, it's just like it's such a weird '70s like hatchback thing. Like it's a very of its era thing. But the headlight like, lids are super cool. I will give you that. And we step in the gas. It still does Countach stuff. It's like you get most of a Countach out do of these, this for like a quarter of the price. Do these catch on fire as much as the early Countaches and Miras? Only when they're upside down, I'd imagine. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, the, those had like the the issue with all those like uh, the six carburetors or whatever. Yeah. If you really got on the accelerator pumps, it actually pump out the trumpets onto the exhaust manifolds. Oh, that's a problem. Maybe. Well, I'd be, I'd be curious. But I guess okay. So maybe one of these and a fire for suppression system would yes. be wise. That's a good idea. I don't know. I I don't hate this at all, but if I, I was spending eighty grand I, I of my for, own money for eighty grand, if I had. If somebody's like, you could buy an E30 M3 or you could buy this for 80 grand, I might get this for 80 grand. Because if I'm spending 80 grand on something, it's going to have a 12 cylinder. It's way more interesting than an E30 M3. Yeah. But I'd still take the E30 M3. Another thing about the E30 M3, in addition to having a four cylinder at that price, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to feel bad taking this to Trader Joe's. I wouldn't. I mean, that's the main reason I picked the M3. Is it. I'm not saying this is unreliable. I'm not no, trying to insinuate that no. at all. But the M3, there are a lot of E30 M3s that have 250, 300,000 miles on them, the and thing. they're practical. I'd be concerned about somebody hitting it and ruining the value. Because at 80 grand, your peak of E30 M3. Yeah. And that's like at a point where it's like, ooh, do you want to use that? Well, you got one of two ways. You can have like a Whereas, really nice one with miles, or you can have one with no miles. Yes. That's eh. Yeah. but Or you could get... A totally driver quality. Because this one, this manual one, is 140 for a very, like a 10 out of 10 one. Like, this is and the equivalent. This to, one's a stick, too, but it was only bid to 80, so I don't yeah. know what that would have actually transacted but for. But, like, for the red one that, is on, that was on BAT. Oh, yeah, I would never buy a 100-plus thousand mile unless it was a Sport Evo. Well, the, yeah, and so the thing is, like, this is, like, this would be the the $140,000 Yorama would be the equivalent in $80,000 E30 M3 in, yeah. in terms of quality of vehicle. Sure. Where you're getting, like, a very, very, very good one. Yeah. Um, but if we're doing dollars to dollars, we have to. Yeah, yeah, but being dollar, but yeah, but I'm saying dollars to dollars. I think I might get a car that I'm more comfortable using with a Yurama. I think, like, they're both good cars, and that's why I wanted to pose this question because yeah. it is a very difficult question because you're getting a undrivable but very good E30, or you're getting a totally drivable <laughs> but more niche Yurama, and I'm. <laughs> Full boat on Yurama, because it's also, of course, my, wait, my favorite not Countach Lamborghini. I just feel like if, so I, weird. <laughs> if I had both of these cars and they both sat over a winter, I go out in the spring, disconnect my battery maintainer, and I turn the key, I know the Motronic 1.0 system will start in the E30 M3. Oh, it will absolutely... And I don't know how the six carburetors will have handled over the winter on that Yurama, and I have to know a guy that knows how to sync whatever brand of carburetors are on that thing. 
It's just like the Murcielago. Sure it's, it's a great car, but I go out to it with a different mindset, and that's not the car's fault. It's my fault. These are Weber's. Weber DC40s. So you could probably find somebody. Okay, yeah, that's a standard car. Or DCOE40s, yeah. So it's a pretty common Just carb. a bunch of them. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the fact that it's a hatchback, it's manual, and it's V12. And the Bizarini V12 is fantastic. It's a really good engine. It's a very good engine. In, in, in most of the, you do bring a good point about the unreliability of being Italian. And I'm not even necessarily However, calling it unreliable. Oh, I am. Because I live in real life. I'm going to call it needy. It's unreliable. Okay. It's Italian. Well. Um, but I will say that the, the noise the engine makes when it works makes it worth it. Because this is not going to be my daily. Oh, yeah. The uh, E30 M3's standard engine sounds terrible. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yep. For $80,000, I want something that sounds good. Sorry. <laughs> like, I would just buy like a nice version of my car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> save yourself twenty grand. <laughs> like This one's already got an S54 in it, and the, it doesn't the, have the a correct, crash history. The correct, the correct answer is an S54 swapped E30 and 3. <laughs> but that's not on that's the table here. That's not on the table here. It's either a bad four-cylinder or a questionably reliable V12. I may go questionably reliable V12. Oh, there's when the it works, I'm not going to be upset. This is definitely going to have the same issue as the uh, yes. Mira. Because oh, yeah. the air cleaners are over the exhaust manifolds. Yes, they are. <laughs> However, to be entirely honest, they'll probably start up a use here. It, it's probably fine if you because run you're, 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 No, you're just... Because you're, you're heating up the air that goes into the carb. Well, yeah, but you don't drive a car like this in inclement weather. No, what I'm saying is, is that you're not going to deal with any weird choke problems. True. So it'll probably just start true just like the buick does in like hot days like just you first I, crank there is something very satisfying about just like you touch a key and it just starts <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's amazing other ryan's uh 454 manual dually pickup when he had it for like three months that had a thermal quad on it and yeah it was just like the truck wasn't used that often but it you you just bump the key and yeah, the thing yeah would just, it works every time it would just be like 500 rpm no problem Man, bummy got rid of that uh me too he has no manual vehicle right now that's Understandable I'm if you're upset about cars. that. That's such a cool truck. I know, like it's a slammed square body dually pickup with a stick. Yeah, I would. Uh, mm. I would have kept that. Mm. I would not have gotten rid of that. Well, another thing you should never have gotten rid of was, from Acura's perspective, the old Integra Type R. Yes. Because the new Integra, although slightly, and I do mean slightly faster from zero to quarter mile, was that what? I heard noises. Oh, I don't know why. Um, it is significantly worse. And I do mean that in the most pure form of the way I can possibly say it. Because the Elantra N. Yeah. Which is a Hyundai. Yeah. Which you can go to a dealership and buy. Yeah. And costs like high 20s. Absolutely destroys both of them. So why would you have a new Integra? I mean, like, I hate to drag the old GSR, it's actually ITR, not even a GSR, into this, but uh, Haggerty, with the Jason Camisa piece, they, they brought an old ITR, and I don't know the body shape, you would be able to tell me that. DC2. DC2, Integra Type R, out to, like, uh, Willow Springs, mm -hmm. and they set them both up. And the thing is, the, the new Integra doesn't use the K20C. Okay. It uses the L15, which is a great engine, but yeah. the thing is, since it's a really big, heavy, not Integra car that it's in, they have a super short final drive ratio and a close ratio six-speed transmission. Yeah, to make it so feel it's yeah. set up to just eke out that number, but in real-world terms, you're shifting more often than you have to, mm -hmm. which can be fun, but in the case of this, you know, it's just tragic. 
And the fact that they didn't put the K20C in this thing and just detune it down from like the Civic Type R yeah. is absurd to me because they knew that they weren't benchmarking their own old car. They weren't actually doing that, no, even though weren't. I'm sure that's how they sold it to the committee. Yeah. They have to look at you know things like the GLI and the Elantra N, which, yeah. I mean, I think the GLI actually lost. I watched this, but it was like two weeks ago I put this in there. But like it, seriously, you're talking like a tenth of a second between the old ITR and the new Integra in the quarter. Yeah, and then like a whole second. And it's a whole second off what the new yeah. Hyundai is. Yeah, so, I mean, what are they doing? I mean, It's nothing. It's Acura barely being a functioning company since the recession. And that's if this isn't proof of that pudding, I just don't even know what is. Because it's, it's just like the most tone-deaf response to a question that nobody asked. I, um, I genuinely don't know like, what Acura board meetings are like. It would be... It does not... It, I cannot imagine... Terrifying to sit in on I, one. I just... I cannot imagine being in that board meeting and hearing people that live in real life well, make decisions like this. Do they live in real life? Apparently not. I don't think so. Because, I mean, they talk about a board of a company. Like, like I assume Honda Acura are the same board. Credit to do Toyota mm-hmm. when they were at the peak of their boring, like, the most... Boring time to be into Toyota is like 2013. No, 2014. No. I was going to say like 2008. 13. No, because that's when Scion was at peak suck. And Lexus was at peak suck. And Akio Toyota had just... No, that's right before he had taken the helm of Toyota. Um, so like that was peak suck for Toyota. Okay. It was like, at, like after the recession... People still aren't out of dealing with the recession. Like, 2012 sucked. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think, like, 2012 Toyota is, like, the worst time to be a Toyota. They were still grounded in reality, though. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they made cars that sucked. But you what moved were cars that sucked. Appliances? Like, everybody was still buying Highlanders and RAV4s. Like, no, <laughs> the reason Toyota sucked in 2012... It's because people weren't taking is risks. It's because... Yeah, people weren't taking risks. Toyota wasn't taking risks. And Toyota was just making boring shit because that's what people wanted. And it right. wasn't until the Corolla started to... Uh, take second place to other vehicles that Toyota like really like kicked their ass into gear and right. like found a way to sell Corollas. Um, <laughs> Which Acura, they did. Though, <laughs> Acura, nobody's buying Acuras. No, they didn't in 2012 and they're still not now. Nobody's like... What year did they come out with like the can opener corporate front? 2006. Okay. No. Maybe 08? Four. Been, I guess? Oh, really? Yeah, well, it's been a long time. Wasn't, it wasn't that gen TL. I'm thinking of like the second gen modern TL. Nope, it was the first generation TL. It was the facelift on it. Hmm, okay. It was, it was right after Forza 1 came out. Oh, God. Sorry, so. I'm glad you think of uh, periods of time the same way I do. It's like, well, let's see. This computer had just come out. It's yep. 2004. Yeah, I, I think of presidential <laughs> administrations and what Forza or GTA game I'm on. Um, oh, my but, God. Uh, yeah, so this is the thing. is like Acura at no point. They, they aren't selling enough cars to justify making shit. No. Like, why are they... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's literally nobody at Acura that lives in real life. I think you're right. Because if you lived in real life, Cause this you would is... look at your sales numbers and look at how people are reacting yeah. and be like, oh, shit. We need to fix our mainstream product. And, like, they're not, though. And I it's know. Like, it's just totally fucking bananas to me. Because, like, even, like, BMW, like, for all the shit that we give BMW... Which we do. BMW, they move shit. Like... Lamborghini, they move Urises, even though those are oh, fucking horrible. Man. Like, Volkswagen moves trash. Like, everybody moves trash, except for Acura. Acura makes trash that does not get moved. 
Like Acura. And their solution is to make a niche product, which the Integra is, try to lukewarm market it towards enthusiasts with a manual, and no enthusiast wants it because they see through the bullshit. Yeah. No, I don't get it. Like, (laughs) I honestly think everybody, I genuinely think that the people that work at Acura right now previously worked at Cadillac. Oh. Like, oh that's my. the only way it makes sense to me. You're talking, like, late two th- or late 90s Cadillac? No, like, modern today Cadillac. Oh, okay. Like, like 2000, 2015 Cadillac. Like, Yuck. after the CTSV was any good, when they started moving to, like, doing crossover crap. Oh, when they put all the car names on the SUVs? Yeah. Okay. That like, that, like, late teens Cadillac. I feel like those people moved over to Acura. Like, we're going to make things better. And how are you going to make things better? We're going to make a bad Integra. So, all the good things that happened to Hyundai Kia with their poaching, yeah. the opposite yes, bad happened I, to I honda acura okay because like i'm not even that mad about the fact that like okay they ruined the integra name whatever like that's not what i'm mad about like i'm just upset that like they are so not in real life yeah that like they can't even move their trash their heads in the sand. like they literally just have gm people living there oh no and just that's mary like, bar yeah like these are just there. like yeah i don't get <laughs> like where your marketing department is like getting their sales figures. Like, how do you, how do these people have jobs? Because, like, the thing is, I do, I take my job very seriously, what I do, and I do nothing that's marketing related. But, like, my thing is, like, when you do such a shit job, like, clearly you're not taking your job seriously. Right. How are you able to make more money than me by just being a complete fucking buffoon? I think just being in the right place at the right time or not stepping down when you do a terrible job. It's and, gotta but, be something like that. Yeah, and like there's just nobody that's there that's telling people to step down when they do there's a bad no job. There's no accountability, so of course not. And like do they have like a like a, some sort of wacky union, like some totally OP union that like do. does not allow people to get fired? Like there's probably is, political people are probably in each other's pockets and they yeah, can't. Like I just don't there's no other I don't get it. Reasonable like, it's explanation. It's just totally bananas to me. Um, Yuck. Well, and, either way, it sucks. And I know we've really hammered on Acura, especially this calendar year, but they deserve it. Yeah, no, Acura is totally, like, totally fucking screwing the pooch here. Like, they're just absolute trash. I mean, think of when the L-Series engine came out. Think of when the K-Series engine came out. That's like, that. they still use that. That 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. The K has now been around for 21 years. The L-Series came out in 2003. It was the first time they put it into production vehicles in the Honda Fit in 2003. So that's also a 20-year-old engine. Yeah, there's 20-year-old technology. They were both phenomenal things, but they're the only two good they, things left about Honda Acura. They never recovered from the recession. Like, that was it. It was like, after the recession, they just gave up. Maybe the new recession that we're going to go into will fix them. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I have no faith in that. Um... But anyway, so yeah, the new Integra, I guess, is technically faster and better. Or is it, it, technically better a than a quarter the old. mile. Is the only thing it's faster at. But it's not more good. That's no. what I'm getting at. Correct. So, in a similar vein here, I want to talk about a vehicle that is more good in every way. Okay. And I want to talk about this strange little story called the Yokogawa Special. Um, this is an old hot rod from like the 1950s. And you're probably wondering, like, how is this more good, more special, like whatever. This is a car I that... I was wondering what engine's in it. No clue. Because I see three exhaust pipes on the left side of it, and two of them are paired together and one's in front. So like, I feel like this is a side, like a reverse flow V6 or something. I have no idea. But it was in the 50s, so it didn't have any V6s. But, um, you're right. Oh, sorry, 1964 is when oh, it came out. that might have been the first-gen Oddfire 3.8 Buick then. I don't know. It must, maybe it's like a flathead or something, or I don't that could know. Be. But this is a thing. 
1964 in Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, this car ran an 11.8 second quarter mile, 122 miles an hour. Oh which my! Is bananas That's fast. That's really fast for any reason. That's quick today, a day, yeah. dude. But this is the thing. 1957, or sorry, in like 1950s um, Hawaii, getting parts is might as well be building it on the moon today. <laughs> because just think about like you don't well, have the internet. Pre-commercial air travel. Yep, pre-commercial air travel. You don't like readily have Hot Rod magazine available, so you don't have. You can't just call people. Right. I, like I was this dude say... built this in Hawaii in the middle of nowhere and ran an 11.8. A phone that's, call to California would probably cost you dollars in yeah, 1950s money. That's pretty cool. That's, this guy ran an 11.8 in Hawaii. I really want to know what engine's in this. I, they couldn't find any information on this. It says special Chevy. Well, it's a Chevy uh, body. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the body's actually a, it's a Chevy Roadster body. I gotcha. But, yeah, like, at these, like, let's see here. A modified roadster. Yeah, it's like this is the only like sure article s- they could find in this car. And the guy that wrote this art wrote this like went to, through like the um, Library of Congress like National Archives of every newspaper that's ever been written in the United States to try and find this. Oh, much information that's that a we lot know of microfiche. That exists. <laughs> yeah, this guy like, did a ton of digging to find this. But yeah, I just think that that's very cool. Like even though he didn't. Um, like, not a lot of this was recorded. Uh, I think it's just so cool that in, like, in 1964, this, like, the Japanese expat named Diki Yokogawa just had a very cool Chevy Roadster that was silly fast in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this would have had, at best, we're talking a four-speed transmission, but probably a two- or a three-speed box. Yeah, it's probably, it, probably a probably two or three-speed. It looks like it's only... Oh, no, I see another exhaust runner. That looks like a small-block Chevy. There's another one way in the back here. It's You can't see it oh, on yeah, the stream, yeah, of course. Okay, There's so another so yeah, one. That, that is a small-block. Yep. So, okay, so that probably well, runs 327 it, 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 or something. It, it, it could be a small-block or... Let's see here. I'm, I can actually just barely see the intake manifold in this. I mean, it's 64. It actually so might be been pretty a mature. Buick. Could be. Because it looks like, I think I'm seeing a valve cover that's pointed up on this. But yeah, either way, it doesn't matter like what No, but at least it. it's a V8 it's the that fact makes more that sense. It, it's the fact that it ran that quick in Hawaii in that early of a year. Especially, look at those 1950s pie cutters in the back. Like, those those didn't really hook up. Tire compound wasn't good. No, that's why you always just did a, a burnout for the entire yep. race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at tire quality um look at the how quickly honda started going actually fast in the last like oh it, 15 years i was gonna say not it's that long ago <laughs> just tires. Yeah. Like, as we just discovered i mean they don't the engines are the same they haven't even made a new one in that amount of time well, i mean this so. thing is you've been able to make 400 horsepower in a honda for the last 25 years easily just put a turbo on it you pin the block done but the thing is putting that down mm-hmm. and it's like okay cool like this like better like coilovers and stuff like yeah 
sure, you get that dialed in, there's now a formula for dialing in your coilovers. Suspension tuning is definitely a factor. Yeah, but the thing is, suspension tuning does not account for the fact that we've cut, like, three seconds off of, like, the world's fastest Honda time in the last 15 years. I was going to say, just... And that's entirely because of the tire compound. From when we started this show, I think they've cut, like, a second and a yeah, half off. just from tire compound. Just from that. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's you know, Bless you. That's bless insane. You. So, yeah, so, I just thought that was... No, uh, 11 seconds in the 50s is like sixes today. Yes. So that's the uh, the happy note I wanted to end on. I didn't want to end on well, thank you. us being upset at Acura. I want us to be very excited <laughs> Let's for be clear, though. cool we are upset. stuff. Let yes. me end with my sneeze. Yes, we did. <laughs> on that bombshell, we will see you next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.